0: Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis.
1: And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Max Rachowski. Max, how are you doing today? Good. I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good to have you. And Max is here today to share his testimony or his story, what God's done in his life and what God's uh, still doing in his life. So Max, start out by telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up.
2: Yeah, so both my parents are actually from Russia, and they both moved here when they were kids. So I was born here in the States. I was actually born in Massachusetts, and uh, they moved around a lot when I was a kid. But we finally settled in Harrisonburg, and I went to school here all my life. So I've, I've lived here, and this is where I grew up.
1: So before we go too much further, I want to go back and ask you, it's how Grayson pronounced your name exactly the way you pronounce your name.
2: That's usually how most people pronounce it, but it's actually pronounced Rochkovsky. Okay, yeah. I had this I was feeling only going to say that once. <laughs> yeah, every, every time someone announces my name, I'm always like, "Oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I really wanted to hear that pronunciation uh, because I know that we butcher it here <laughs> yeah. in America. So I just wanted to make sure everyone knew exactly what your name was. Thank you for sharing that. So you all moved around um, when you were younger, and you've settled here. Has faith always been a part of your family's? Like, did you grow up going to church?
2: Yeah, uh, my parents have always been Christian. They were raised in, Christian, mm-hmm. in a Christian family, so mm-hmm. I've always been raised as a Christian. So.
1: Okay, so you've been in different churches in different places? and
2: uh, Yeah, we started out in the Russian Baptist Church, and I was always... And that was always the foundation of, but um, since I'm more, my background is Russian, but I'm basically American. I was taught in American school. And yeah. when I went to the Russian church, they use such big words, I barely understand what they're saying. So, right. yeah. So about middle school, we, a little before I went to middle school, we came to this church and right away it was so different. Like in a Russian church, you got to dress a certain way. Mm-hmm. You got to, there's stuff you can't, like earrings or not. Right. accessible and like all that stuff shorts you can't wear that like so There's a lot different? of rules oh yeah
1: it is freeing um to live by a relationship with god
2: mm-hmm. it's and more yeah it's like you said it's more of a religion there than it is a relationship yeah. at least how i was thinking
1: right of it. just a funny story i was talking to a gentleman the other day and he said i used to come to a lot of weddings here at harrisonburg first church that were russian weddings they used to use the building here for their weddings and he said, that cross on the side of your church, I've climbed it. It's just in the brick, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I said, how far did you get up the cross? And he said, I got to the crossbar. Uh, have you gotten further oh, than I got that? all the way to the top, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will tell him the next time I see him that someone else has went higher. Anyway, sidebar. Um, so you've been a part of the church here, um, probably middle school. Mm-hmm. You started coming here. And so who was your youth pastor?
2: Well, it was, I started out with Adrian, mm-hmm. and then as I got older, he moved up to the senior pastor, and Olivia took his mm-hmm. place. And I thought, this is perfect position for you. So basically, my youth pastor goes all the way to senior pastor. That's and, right. Yeah, so Not
1: everybody like, awesome. gets to see that, do they? Yeah. That's good. Any stories you have, like as you have... Um, we all go to church when our parents are believers. We go to church with them. But at some point, it becomes personal it mm-hmm. comes from our parents faith to our own do you have a point in time where you begin to realize hey jesus is real and this is something that i want to embrace
2: through middle school it was more my parents thing you got to go to that i was always like oh, do i have to go to youth tonight they're like yeah you have to go <laughs> but i think maybe well i went to public school till i was in ninth grade and in ninth grade i decided to go home school and um I was, like, not seeing as many of my friends as anymore. Mm-hmm. So youth started to be, like, more of a social thing. Right. Because I didn't have as many people to hang out with. And I think that's when it probably started. I was, like, every Sunday morning, I was, like, I really want to go to church today. Yeah. I don't want to skip, you know. Right. So it was, I really wanted to go, mm-hmm. starting in yeah. beginning of high school.
1: Yeah. So it, you started to have that yearning to be a part of that mm-hmm. yourself. How is homeschooling? Can I well, ask you that? Well,
2: uh, I finished already. I graduated a year earlier. I did homeschool because... Um, my dad is on, has his own business, and I always, like, after school, not always after school, but, like, on the holidays and uh, weekends, I'd always help him out, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, when I went into homeschool, I basically went full-time, and then some days I was put aside for school. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, when I went to public school, I, my family does a lot of missions, mission trips, and they didn't like I was gone for weeks at a time. Right. Yeah, so that really opened up opportunities mm-hmm. for me to go places.
0: That's good. So if you want to, Max, share about uh, some of those mission trips that your family has been on and maybe the impact that some of those trips have had yeah. on you.
2: Well, uh, my first mission trip was to Guatemala. Uh, I think I was 12 or 13. So we, uh, that was with Heidi's organization, but that, that was basically the beginning. And um, I've went, I think, eight or nine times since then to Guatemala, so... And then I've been to Moldova, which is actually my father's um, home country. So that we went a couple times before without Heidi, just as a family trip. And I thought it was really cool. And then we came back as a mission trip, more of a... With
1: village to village. village yeah. to village,
2: yeah. And I was, I found out that this country is way more to the surface than you, you actually find mm-hmm. out when you go as a, like a vacation. Mm-hmm. And a uh, couple things I came to, like with going to missions, I appreciated everything. I had more and like all the opportunities that not just America, but, like, God has provided me Mm -hmm. with, like, just being able to work, like, having a good job and, like, education. It's so easy to get here compared to all these other countries, so it really puts stuff into perspective.
1: Yeah, I think if anyone has an opportunity to do a mission trip in another country, and not everybody's called to go, um, but it gives you such a powerful perspective. I went one of the first Guatemala trips and when you are with people in the garbage dump, yeah, you know, um, and realize um, what they have to do to make ends meet. We actually had a young boy climb on to the back of the bus and was holding onto the bus coming out of the dump. Yeah. And, like, they had to make him get off, uh-huh. and he wanted to go with us. And those types of things you just don't forget.
2: I remember when we went to the dump, like you said, they told us the how much they make. They have to get hundreds of pounds of recycled stuff, and when they turn it in, they get not even a dollar for mm-hmm. those hundreds of pounds. So every month they make not more than $50. Right. And then here, in the, like in the States, you can get 50 bucks in a day. Easy. Right. It so is it's, it's crazy.
1: Totally different. I remember, too, on our trip, um, I was kind of ushering and making sure everybody got on the bus, and there was a bus sitting between hours, between where I was at and the bus we were on, So I didn't see what was happening with all the people as they got on the bus. And there was one young girl and I, she was standing there and she had on soccer shoes, cleats. And she said, do you think I should give these shoes to this boy? And I'm like, yeah, that would be really cool. And I looked down, I have a pair of shoes on that actually was a gift from my girls for Mother's Day. It was a pair of Toms. And I'm like, I looked at my feet, and I looked at the girl's feet, like, right next to me. I'm like, they would fit her, wouldn't they? And so she tried them on, and they fit her perfect. And, That's crazy. um And her mom was standing off at a distance watching and was very moved. And I got on the bus, and almost every person was barefoot. Oh, like, I man. hadn't watched everyone give their wow. shoes away. It was so powerful. Um, yeah. It changes you. Um, oh, it yeah. does give you a different perspective, for sure.
0: Well, Max, you mentioned that one of the places you went with Village to Village was Moldova, which is your dad's home country, and you mentioned you had been there before for vacation, but kind of going there as a mission trip kind of gave you a different perspective, a different side, made you realize that you know they didn't have it as uh, fortunate as we do here in the United States, so maybe talk about some of the mission work, some of the projects that you guys have been involved there in Moldova.
2: Well, the first couple of times we went, like I said, was with family, and uh, my what actually brought us into Moldova, um, my dad's uncle, a couple of years ago, he found the family that it was a single mother, and she had uh, two daughters and a son, and both the daughters were disabled, so we kind of helped them get settled into a house, an apartment, and um, that's what brought us into Moldova, but then Heidi was like, oh, we need to go maybe see what we can do there like as a mission trip, and uh, we found out that Uh, Moldova is actually the top Slave sex um, Mm -hmm. industry in Mm -hmm. Europe In that part of Europe So that brought like Sabrina With um, new creation in And doing a lot of stuff for that But what Heidi did We actually This is our second year We're going to do like a kids camp Mm -hmm. Of all the kids there Because a lot of Moldova Is uh, really rural There's not a lot of It's more like um, countryside And they live in Like There's not really a lot of cities So They've never been to a camp They Mm -hmm. never had Like a week-long camp uh, like we do here so last uh, August we did that and it was crazy to see how excited the kids were that whole week they just got to basically um, just have fun the whole week and we had um, a lot of games and not a lot of them have um, like the opportunity to um, to really dive into the Bible and to to hear like messages towards them Mm -hmm. because they a lot of them they help their parents out with work they don't have a lot of school and then once they're done, they have, I think, nine grades instead of mm-hmm. 12. And once they have, they don't have, if they don't have money to go to all the way to 12th grade, they just, they go and they work with their parents and that's their life. That's mm-hmm. the rest of their life. So right. this really opens up a lot of opportunities for them.
1: Mm-hmm. And a lot of the children, if I'm not mistaken, are actually adopted or oh, with yeah. foster families mm-hmm. that you all work with. Yeah. And while you are there with the kids in a camp, the parents are having training, too. Yes, yeah. Um, so they take you all take people along to do training um, for those parents that have taken these children yep. in. That's really powerful. If I remember correctly, when you all got there, it wasn't the easiest thing to get going mm, no, when you got there <laughs> yeah. this past year.
2: Because a lot of the leaders also have never done a camp like this. They didn't know what to expect They're, what do you do for a whole week with a bunch? Like, it was like almost 100 kids. What mm-hmm. do you do with them? So it was kind of a hard transition but at the end of the week they were like, we're definitely doing this next year and yeah. we got to get it going again.
1: Yeah, I heard some of those stories and and the kids didn't know what to expect yeah you know and but just the relationships that they built and I think they still connect on Facebook with yeah. some of you guys and I hear um, Olivia talking about that occasionally that she'll have a message mm-hmm. from one of them so I know that you all impacted them greatly with that. Um, trip and they are so looking forward to you all coming back I'm sure of it well this month kind of we're wrapping up the month of December on Front Porch Talks with just throughout the month we've been focusing on um, Celebrate Recovery and um, some folks that have been a part of that and the people that have been on haven't necessarily been talking about what their story is per se but just what Celebrate Recovery means to them um, I know that you are a part of the landing. We have um, Celebrate Recovery for adults, and then we have for teens, the landing, and then for children, we have Celebration Place. And so I just thought maybe we could ask you, what does um, Celebrate Recovery mean for you? How is it impacted?
0: Yeah,
2: uh, so actually, I'm pretty new to the landing. I've, mm-hmm. I think I've been going maybe a little over two months. But this year, I actually was praying. I need a good group of people that I could just like share my like hang up hurts and habits mm-hmm. with and stuff like that so and orion has been telling me about the landing for a while now and i was like oh can't make it all oh, this that excuse this excuse but then i was like <laughs> oh, i'm just gonna try it out and i went that first monday and then i've been hooked ever since just coming just like having fellowship with we have like a large group we talk about we have a little study and then mm-hmm. we break up with the small groups guys mm-hmm. and girls and you can just yeah yeah it's awesome to have a yeah. group of guys you can talk with
1: So the guys break up in one group. Girls go one way. The guys go the other. And you all have conversation. And um, you mentioned that Orion was inviting you, but you just didn't. You had all kinds of excuses. What were your perceptions? Like, this is not something I want to be a part of. Or Um, just it was probably something that somebody else is going through, too. You know?
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe just it's like the Russian background Mm -hmm. when you have something that hurts you or something you just stuff it out or like oh it's nothing you'll go away but yeah it's not it's more than that you gotta like it says in the bible um it's not you can't just rely on yourself you gotta have a group of believers you Mm -hmm. can lean on so i was just like maybe i'll try it. if i don't like it i can just stop going but yeah you're hooked yeah i got hooked right away
1: (laughs) that's awesome i think that i've noticed you came and it wasn't long until another guy came and like it's something i believe that you believe in yeah um yeah, I see you every week, and it really, it always warms my heart, no matter who it is, when they come back, you know, because I know it's helped me. Yeah. And we all need to have folks that are um, with us in community that we can walk together with. Life is too hard to do it by ourselves.
0: Okay.
1: Is there um, any specific stories you have of how maybe one of the people that's a part of the landing, how their life has impacted yours as you begin? You've only been there two months. Yeah. But I can tell you've been impacted by it. So, do you have something you would want to share with us?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, in those like those small groups I was talking about, uh, one week we were actually uh, we were going over like um, just like confessing some stuff to God, and one of the things was like some uh, battles of addiction. And we were in the little small group, and actually one of our leaders, Jim, was talking about it, and then Ryan also added to it. But they were um, saying that we always think that it's just us; no one else is battling with this. And it really helped that. They were saying it's just it's not just you. A lot of people battle this, and it's good to know that you're not alone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the truth. Like, I think it's so easy, especially when people walk in um, to a church to look around and go, "Man, if they knew me, if they yeah. knew what I'm doing, if they knew what I was going through, that I would probably be judged." And I, that's what I think is so beautiful. Not that I feel like when you walk in here um, that anybody else looks at you. It's just our own. Self talk. Yeah, yeah. It's what I call stinking thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's powerful. Um and I know there are some different ages in there as far as leaders and it's really impactful to see you guys just interacting with probably with folks that you would have never dreamed that you would have something yeah. in common with. Yeah. Um so that's really cool. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um about that. And if anyone is listening that maybe is a teenager or any age, do you have a piece of advice for them when it comes to going to Celebrate Recovery? So we're going to come back to that question um, in a little bit. You have a lot going on in your life. Yeah. You're a busy guy. <laughs> you put in a lot of hours at work with your dad. Yeah. Um, you already graduated. How old are you? 17. Wow, that's impressive. You've been on how many mission trips?
2: Um, a good dozen.
1: Approximately a dozen? Wow. And I think you have something else pretty big coming up in 2020. Tell us a little bit about it.
2: So in September, uh, in 2020, I'm actually going to go on a nine-month mission trip with uh, the World Race. And um, so the mission trip I chose to go on, there's a lot of routes, but it's called the Gap Year. And it's from ages 18 to 21. And it's basically for kids that are going from high school to college or maybe in college. And they kind of, the reason I'm going is basically to figure out what your calling is and what you're going to do for the rest of your life like right now my plan it was to work with my dad and then start my own company Mm -hmm. my construction company but and then uh, my parents went on the mission trip in February to Guatemala and they ran into these kids and um, they told me about it and I I looked it up and I was praying about it for a while and I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to um, go and just to Mm -hmm. see what God's calling is maybe it's not this maybe it's something Mm -hmm. else so so, last, maybe a year ago, I went in September to Africa, South Africa, on a mission trip. And it really impacted me, because I've never been to that side of the world. So, when I was choosing the routes for this trip, one of the routes was the first three months you're in Eswatini, which uh, used to be called Swaziland. Mm-hmm. It was in South Africa.
1: There's a lot of Nazarenes there. Oh, yeah? Yes, there are.
2: Oh, maybe I'll You run look it some. up. <laughs> <laughs> and the next three months is actually in Ethiopia. Okay. So... That's the first six months of that mission trip. I'll be in Africa, which will be pretty awesome. And the last three months is going to be in Cambodia. Nice. So, in this mission trip, you're roughing it out basically. You're, you're living in hammocks and sleeping out of tents and taking bucket showers. Wow. So it's going to be very different from the ones I've been on, where you go to a campus and you're, mm-hmm. you have a good, basically like luxury in that country. But yeah, that'll be very interesting, and I'm very excited. But pretty nervous about it it's um it's almost sixteen thousand dollars to go on this trip Mm. so right now i'm raising money and fundraising and stuff like that to get ready for it
1: yeah that's a big amount of money but when god's in it you know it comes together uh, one way or another it always does so what are some of the things that you'll be doing while you're there
2: well i've looked at a lot of videos about this trip from past world racers and a lot of the stuff you do you teach a lot of english in the countries that don't know Mm -hmm. english you basically the leaders from that the group you're in you have about 40 kids and then some leaders they mm-hmm. go out they see what needs to be done and you just do it like some, you'll be doing construction sometimes maybe you'll just be doing like you'd be playing with kids it's just the rent it's mm-hmm. just the stuff that needs to be done in that country yeah. so
1: a lot of different experiences yeah if I'm not mistaken a girl that I know went on a world race and she just left recently for Cambodia
2: yeah so awesome. um,
1: I'll have to give you her name and who knows you may just run into her. Maybe. Um, yeah. You never know. You never know who you'll run into yeah.
0: on the world race. And Max, as you were talking, one of the countries you mentioned was Cambodia, and Pastor Margaret mentioned that the Nazarenes have a lot of missionaries in South Africa. Well, I know the Virginia district uh, had some missionaries in Cambodia that recently uh, came back to the states, and her pastor in Virginia. Um, Rolf and Debbie Kleinfeld, Mm -hmm. we actually did their testimony a while back on Front Porch Talks. Uh, They were actually Pastor Adrian's youth pastor in Richmond. So uh, it's kind of neat that that's one of the countries that you'll be in uh, during the world race. um, And just get different experiences. And like you said, uh, it won't be easy, the different conditions you'll be in. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think uh, that God will be watching over you and uh, that he has a great plan for your life.
1: So, um, you have that response for that CR question I asked you a few minutes ago.
2: Um, I think my advice would be, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to seek it because like I said, you can't, it's, it's basically impossible to do this by yourself. And Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to go to some people that have been through what you've been through and that can encourage you and give you wisdom on the situation that you're in because you've, There's people that have been through it and have gone through it and um, have come out on the other side of God and stronger for it. So don't be afraid.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the Lord wants us, um, He tells us, you know, to be in community, um, to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Um, I love the scripture where He says two or three are gathered together. He'll show up. And, you know, when you're, on the outside looking into going to something like Celebrate Recovery. And a lot of times people think, well, it's only addiction, you know, and I don't have addiction, so it's not for me. And um, you and I both know that that's, you know, Celebrate Recovery is so far beyond addiction that in life we all have hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, From those hurts, a lot of times not dealing with those hurts appropriately we end up with a habit mm-hmm. and all types of hang ups from that habit yeah. um come into play and this is a place that is um where we can come together and just be who we are, no judgment. Um and that's powerful. And it's not just celebrate recovery, not everyone can maybe find one of those, but finding somewhere that um you can be in community with folks. Um with Jesus as the center. Yeah, you know, that's so important that He is um, the focus of our coming together. And Celebrate Recovery is just a good avenue and a good tool. It's a good program that's centered on Christ, and that makes all the difference
0: yeah.
1: for sure. You know, Max, you um, have parents that grew up in Russia, and you know, they came here, or from Moldova, mm-hmm. um, uh, they came here to the States, and it took them a little bit to find the right place for them in the U.S. And we're very grateful that they, because the Lord chose Harrisonburg for them. And, you know, as I've listened to your story, um, for a young man, 17 years old, um, been on a dozen mission trips, Um, you were um, able to work with your dad. I know that you know hard work. Yeah you didn't get those muscles from, you know, <laughs> off from the gym. Um, but I know that um, they really do have an amazing work ethic. Um, oh, yeah. Your mom can probably work everybody else mm-hmm. under the table. <laughs> um, she might be small, but I think she's probably pretty mighty. And when it comes to working on your construction, yeah. you know, in the job and she can probably run a skill saw as easy as well <laughs> as anybody else. And just thinking about that, thinking about um, you've only been in Celebrate recovery for two months, but I know that you've found healing in that time and you'll be here for another few months through the summer before you leave. And I'm thinking about you going um, to the world race and showing up there prepared for a trip like that. And I'm just reminded of how God has prepared you. You have an understanding of the world that a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. because of your parents' heart for missions, which is powerful that they've exposed you to world travel and to caring for other people in other countries and thinking of others more than yourself. Um, On the construction site, you've learned a lot of skills that you can use all over the world, wherever you go. If there's something to be done, you can probably build it. And just in the healing that you're finding, um, there's a message in that uh, when you're traveling with, a, and I don't know how many people are on the World Race with you, but when you're traveling with a group and you get close to them, there are times that you're going to become a community. Yeah. And so I even see that as God preparing you to have some good conversations. That they won't all be surface. You'll be really doing life with these folks. So I'm impressed at the preparation that has already happened in your life, just organically for this trip. So uh, that's powerful um, to think about that. And, you know, to be 17 and you really want to know what is the right thing to do with your life. Like you want to make sure you're making the right steps and taking the right steps. And I think it's amazing when you have an opportunity like that just to step into, um, you're wearing a shirt, says faith over fear, and it's going to take that. Um, You'll need that um, on the world race. But I do believe that God is really preparing you for a great trip. And um, all the things that happen in our life, whether good or bad, God can use them all for His glory. And I believe that's true in your life. I really do.
0: Max, in the last couple minutes that we have here on Front Porch Talks, anything that you'd like to share with us uh, that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't mentioned already? Story from past mission trips or maybe what your prayer for when you, as you're preparing for the world race?
2: Um, I do have a little thing. So my prayer for, I guess, the world race would just be to trust, to basically just trust trust God that He has a plan for my future and that I go down the right path. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, there's a scripture that uh, I've probably shared on here before, but I'm going to share it again. Um, it's from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And a lot of times... We love Jeremiah 29, 11, but we stop a little short. Jeremiah 29, 11 is this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And a lot of times we stop there um, because it is great because God does have a plan for your life. Um, he has created you with purpose. Each one of us he has created with purpose. But listen to the rest of this. Um, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and bring you back from captivity. And the beautiful thing in this scripture is, he says, You will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And He does have a plan and a purpose for us, but we have a part in that, and that is that we always seek Him with all of our heart, and He tells us that He will be found by us when we do that. So I am sure there will be times in the night on the world race, um, on mission trip, um, there will be times that you maybe question, you know, the enemy loves to throw curves at us and make us believe maybe we shouldn't be where we're at, but you can know that God will never lose sight of you and that He certainly has a plan and a purpose for your life, for sure.
0: Well, Max, thank you for joining Pastor Margaret and I today on Front Porch Talks and just sharing a little bit of your story and what God's got planned for you in the future and uh, your testimony with us. Yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. We pray that Max Wachowski's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.